0: Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one stop shop for everything Kennesaw State athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer.
1: We are here with the November 13th edition of the Owl Chat Podcast. Post game following the uh, Kennesaw State loss to uh, Florida State to open the season. I'm not counting Oakwood. Sorry, guys. Uh, it was a, a 94-67 FSU win. Uh, pinch hitting for Kai. This is our first episode where Kai's going to miss. He's actually in Buffalo right now. We wish to have him on, but, you know, we're trying to get content out there, and we have a football uh, recording that we have to do tomorrow, so we're doing basketball tonight. I am joined today by producer Nick, who's pinch-hitting um, is kind of our uh, guest host, and uh, Aaron Anderson, Kennesaw State's all-time leading rebounder and former professional player uh, in multiple countries, mostly in Sweden. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, John. Appreciate you. Absolutely. How are you doing, Nick? Very excited to
0: get the podcast underway and uh, excited to remove the producer tag for even just a short afternoon, and then I'll go I- right back
1: to it. I'm going to try to not call you producer, Nick, but it might slip. So feel free to correct me. Keep it down. Uh, You're good. I'm just messing with you. Uh, I know. I know, brother. I know. Thanks, producer, Nick. Um, we have uh, some business to take care of before we get started. Um, yesterday, well, on Saturday, a highly touted prospect, Brayden a 6'7", 220 uh, forward from Alexander High School in Atlanta, Georgia, committed to Kennesaw State. Uh, if you're listening to the midweek podcast, you'd know that Braden Lou announced his final three of Georgia Southern and Missouri State a few weeks ago. Uh luckily, Kennesaw State landed the commitment. Uh Braden Lou, like I mentioned, has a lot of offers, over 20 actually. Um, some of the more notable ones that I will read are um Penn State, Cal, Georgia State, um, and also I believe uh Mercer, and I believe I saw um at USF as well. I guess Amir Abdurrahim Rahim uh Offered him too. Central Florida, Mason, Louisiana Tech Men. The guy just had a lot of attention. And it's really great to see Kennesaw State, you know, landing these type of types of players. Um, when I updated the spreadsheet on KSUowlhowl.com to list all the offers, I had to drag out the freaking tab like 20 times extra just to fit them all in so they could be read without moving on to the next tab. So that's how many uh Braden had. So, you know, um, I know. Aaron, I don't know how much you're keeping up with recruiting, but I know producer Nick, um, you've been keeping up with uh, Brayden Lou. What do you think this means for KSU, getting prospects like this?
0: You know, you say it. It's an extremely exciting thing just because, I mean, obviously you could tell Amir was starting to really show what KSU had to offer to students who who were coming here over the past two, three years when the program was building. And now that the program's in a very unique situation with such a strong recruiter even more so than i think amir i mean i saw a note yesterday that had petways 24 class right now ranked in the 20s like that's that's extremely exciting as a fan i don't know you look at those numbers and you see these players committing and they're making a big deal out of it and they're they're bigger guys than we've seen on our court in the past it it kind of gets you a little juiced up i don't know i (laughs) i feel good about it
1: Yeah, um, me too. And, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the guys, like pretty much everybody that we're getting is kind of like that three star ish area, maybe borderline four, maybe some are maybe more, a little slightly below three stars. But, you know, we're getting those guys. And I, I think you're right. You know, Amir hit on Jennings, Youngblood and Stroud in that first class. But, you know, beyond that, you know, he had some hits like Terrell Burden, but he was not an over-recruited guy or anything like that. Um, so it's, it's really good to see. And I think you might be right. Um, Petway might be building on, you know, the momentum created by Amir and I'm hoping to see a more consistent type of three-star commit, you know, that standard is being raised, especially, uh, going into conference, uh, USA. Um, have you, either of you guys had a chance to take a look at uh, some Braden Liu highlights?
2: Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a few, John, and, and honestly, athletic, lanky. Strong, um, and I think you guys hit on it, both of you. The fact that we're out recruiting Mercer in this case, USF and Amir, um, we we are at a point where we are taking the next step in the program, and not just hitting on Braden Lou, but this this current class that's that's that our freshmen this year, as well as transfers, as well as going into upcoming recruiting classes. This is something that's going to set the tone, set the standard, and I think you know Coach Petway has done a great job on just getting us getting us on a right track or continuing us on the right track um and out recruiting mercer and usf with amir is is the cherry on top i think we're we're happy with that no doubt
0: absolutely, absolutely. and 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 i and i want to kind of add on top of that is just if you think about it from a from, from a global perspective you're looking at the fact that we're starting to pull in some bigger recruits you you wonder what are some of the points maybe that we're able to add in now like, oh, we're going to Conference USA. They had really strong appearances in both March Madness and in the NIT last year, so much so that the NIT had to change rules this year to basically prevent that from happening. But we're going to a whole nother level. So I feel like that also probably plays some aspect in the fact that it's like we're not recruiting them to play at a low mid-major. We're recruiting at a true mid-major level in Conference USA where it's a pretty competitive basketball conference.
1: Yeah, and we need to start seeing ourselves as that. You know what I mean? It's like the the person that loses a bunch of weight and all of a sudden, like, hey, you know what? I'm a I'm a lot better looking than I looked before. Somebody that gets plastic surgery, you know, that doctor really made some positive changes. <laughs> you know, I'm no longer a six. Maybe I'm an I'm an eight or an eight point five. You know, maybe we're that eight point five now that we can, you know, keep getting some of those uh those steals, like those borderline four stars that we weren't getting before. But um, you know, I'm just super excited. Um, you know, he'll probably sign this week. I think signing day ends sometime midweek this week. So, you know, hopefully we can get the ink to paper there. The other four commits have already signed for basketball. And um, you know, we kind of noticed, you know, we probably could use some bigger guards and some bigger wings against FSU. Um, three of the four that have already signed are in that, you know, that six, four, six, five, six, six, probably that zone. So um, you know we're get, we're getting there guys we're getting there but uh that's enough about the future let's talk about the present um I've got some some uh, quick summary and some stats for the uh game this is our first time doing a basketball post show so stick with us if you guys you know think that the flow is off or anything like that just feel free to just drop us a note. let us know what you think uh but we're gonna jump right into it uh so the owls lost FSU on Friday night 94 67. Uh, breaking the game down into 10-minute chunks, it was 20-12 uh, to 12 FSU after the first 10, 49-34 FSU at halftime, uh, 75-44 FSU after 30 minutes, and of course, a 94-67 final. Uh, I was very clear uh, that FSU's size and length combined with KSU's smaller guards, it was going to be tough to overcome. And I think after the first you know, five, 10 minutes or so, we kind of felt that this wasn't going to be our night. Um, so the Owls played an eight man rotation with, uh, Burden and Cottle starting in the backcourt, uh, Sherman and King were at the forward spots and Damon Robinson held down the middle, uh, off the bench were, uh, wings, Quincy Adam McCoya, big guard, RJ Johnson, and big man, Ronji Gordon. Uh, Gordon entered the game early in the first half and played 24 minutes to Sherman 16, which I personally don't think will be a regular thing, but Coach Petway realized we needed more size inside. So Gordon got the advantage in minutes there. Uh, KSU shot 22 for 69, uh, which is not a very nice percentage, uh, 31.9%. And that was split pretty evenly between the first and second half. Conversely, FSU shot 46.6%. Uh, And 50% in the second half, or overall, I'm sorry, and 50% in the first half with 72 total shots. Uh, The Owls were only four of 25 from three, while FSU was 11 of 33, which I think anybody can do the math on the 11 of 33 was a better number than four of 25. Uh, The Owls were 19 of 26 from the free throw line, including six for six from DeMond Robinson. FSU was 15 for 25, so we did get more points at the line. Uh, The Owls were out-rebounded 48 to 46. Uh, KSU only had seven assists but committed 17 turnovers, which isn't a ratio that is going to win a lot of games. Uh, But that's kind of what you'd expect based on what we're going to talk about and how the game and the matchup went. Uh, The points in the paint were about even. KSU was uh, plus four in fast break points. KSU only had uh, 17 points off the bench to KSU's 46. So we got killed off the bench. Um, and FSU really only had, I think, I don't even know if they had a starter that played uh, 30 minutes, just a bunch of guys in the, uh, you know, we had a 21, 22, 24, and 25 were their tops. So, you know, they were heavily reliant on the bench. We didn't put too much pressure on them to really, you know, force their hand to play their starters. So that's unfortunate. Um, so that's the rundown. Um, diving into our initial thoughts on the game, um, you know, I know Aaron has a bunch. I'm sure we'll go over to producer Nick as well. But uh, you know, just some observations. We had three banana boys behind the KSU bench. Uh, our fans dressed as bananas uh, because we're the Owls and we're not the KSU bananas um, or the savat or even the Savannah bananas. Um, These guys made their rounds online from accounts like No Context College Basketball. They just take pictures of them, post them on Twitter, and everyone's like confused. Like, why are there bananas? Uh, But shout out to them for making the trip. Uh, The drive from Atlanta to Tallahassee absolutely sucks. I made it last year. Um, There's nothing there. You know, if you need to go to the bathroom, you better go before you left. I'll tell you that. Um, But sources external to the Owl Chat podcast have indicated that one of the banana boys parents or actually both of their parents are FSU grads. So they probably found an easier way down to Tallahassee. Um, but as far as the game goes, um, I wasn't surprised by the results. Um, if you kind of heard the podcast, I was like, eh, you know, hoping for the best, you know, we can win, but, uh, um, I was hoping it'd be more competitive than this, but it is what it is. I'm not disappointed in the least, you know, you kind of You know, play these games, you win these prizes. You know, you got to play. You know, it'll kind of it exposed a lot of different holes that I think Coach Petway can help cover before the tournament next week. Show us where we're lacking, what we need to get better in. Um, FSU started guards that were six five and six seven, and you know they had big guards off the bench, and even from the three to the five, it didn't get any easier when it came to the size. So this was an uphill battle uh, all the way. I have a new coach. A lot of new players, new roles, Um, you know, no reason to get too high after Oakwood or too low after FSU. It is what it is. Stay the course, be balanced. Um, Also, quick observation, good to see Coach Petway get his first technical out of the way. Uh, Special moment for every coach. Um, (laughs) Hopefully he savored that, got his money's worth and never uh, forgets it. So, um, you know, those were my just initial thoughts without digging in too deep um what did you think Aaron by watching the game uh, yeah absolutely and, and shout out to
2: those to those banana boys who made the trip as well as any other Kennesaw fans that went down there I mean I mean like you said not a not a great drive but anytime we can see uh, our guys play against a high major opponent is worth the trip now in terms of the game you know the first thing the biggest takeaway is coach Petway he trusts the guys um we we put up 69 field goal attempts, if I'm not nice. mistaken. That is um some, a number that I I haven't seen too often in terms of Kennesaw State basketball. And seeing the the amount of threes go up with no no hesitation, um, they're not worried about getting taken out of the game. Coach Petway trusts these guys to to put up shots and to to make the shots. And I think that was one of the biggest takeaways I had. I think even in the second half, there weren't very many um, substitutions. Um, I was trying to keep an eye on the guys that were coming in and out, and there just there weren't too many. Um, speaks to the level of trust he has in, in the guys playing a lot of minutes. Um, and, again, another thing that sticks out, again, going with the coach coach's tenure with the program, he's been with us for, for a handful of months, always going down to, to Tallahassee where they have very lengthy athletic guys that are going to pressure full court. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough game. Um, especially when you have a handful of new players coming in, um, playing extensive minutes um, and, and relying on on guard play like we did. It's going to be a tough one to win. Um, the first half, I loved it. I absolutely loved the first half in terms of effort and and just fighting out there. Um, the second half, I didn't take away as much. But overall, you know, I was really proud of the guys and, and getting to see him play a high major is always great.
1: Yeah, and FSU, I think, had some down years, but Leonard Hamilton's a hell of a coach. There's a reason, you know, he's sticking around there. And, you know, we were put into the disadvantage just by the fact that they have Leonard Hamilton and we're in our first game with Antoine Petway. And that's no knock at Coach Petway. That's praising Leonard Hamilton and you know the foundation and program that he's built at Florida State. So, you know, shout out to Coach Hamilton. His guys, I thought, you know, came to play. Um, you know, they were scrapping. You know, they did not take Kennesaw State for granted. They did not say, oh, my God, these guys are just KSU. You know, they played like we were returning. We're the tournament team. They're playing like everybody was coming back. And, you know, they had a real fight on their hands. And they could have if they did not play that way. Um, You know, before I move on, I just want to go to producer Nick. You know, what were some of your original thoughts? Uh, Actually, I'm sorry. I'd like to go to my co-host, Nick Massaroni, for his thoughts. No.
0: This is I like it was a size disadvantage. That was really the biggest thing at first. So my concerns going into the game were we're we gonna get good shots, uh, find the open spots on the court to take those shots. And how are we gonna match up when you're one on one with a defender in the backcourt? Um so a lot of those shots didn't fall. Uh I will give uh props to Simi because he was three of seven from three. And I know some of those were open looks. I think he did hit one of those contested. Um but he even just had a hard time getting shot attempts up. I know there were a few times where he had to double clutch and then pass out of a shot from behind the arc. So it's hard to to play a, a, a sizable team like that when I think their entire starting rotation was 6'5 or taller. Um, but we made it work. I think there were a few other factors that we might get into later when we talk about specific players that also played a role, but uh, we'll we'll let that play out later in the podcast.
1: Yeah, uh, Simi hit a, a little step back three-pointer as well. And, you know, when a player like that is struggling to get his shots off, you know, ta- I, I mean, Simeon on Kyle is a very talented player. And I don't think we'll have this kind of difficulty or I hope not versus, you know, mid-major guards. I guess we'll find out next week. Um, so, you know, but yeah, those guys, uh, it, was a, it was a tough day for our backcourt with the ball pressure. But this kind of is a great segue into our next question um, or our next segment. Um, we have small guards, Terrell Burden and Simeon Cottle. Both of those guys are, well, Simeon's basically a veteran now, which, you know, he played in the tournament last year. He's kind of taken on a bigger leadership role, bigger minutes, all of that. Um, you know, we had him and Burden take the, uh, take FSU to the basket many times. They went into the belly of the beast, into the trees over and over and over again. Um, keep in mind, this probably won't be an issue versus mid-majors. But, you know, it's something that Aaron and I were texting about during the game, and I definitely wanted to put it towards the top of the podcast because I listened to Coach Petway's post-game presser, and I felt it was worth talking here. So we couldn't pass the ball efficiently due to the ball pressure and their length. So our small guards ended up, you know, just kind of taking them off the dribble to the hoop, tried to challenge inside, more often than not uh, resulted in poor contested shots at or near the rim. Um, you know, that were maybe just off the backboard or rimmed off or whatnot. Um, not the best shots. Um, you know, I think we could have had, there was no plan B. They were just charging in. They were saying, hey, you know, I'm, I've got this opening. You know, if we don't get the shot up now, we might never get the shot up. So they just went in there and took it. Um, Aaron, what could have been done here? To, you know, did you notice, I guess you noticed the same thing and what could have been done to make it more efficient and what can we do in future games to kind of, you know, make sure that doesn't happen again and kind of what are those guys supposed to do once they get in there among the trees.
2: Yeah, absolutely it's, um, I mean those two guys, Cottle and Burden, they, they might be the quickest, most skilled and, and handle the ball effectively better than anybody that probably will play all season long in terms of guard play. Those guys can get in the paint, go wherever they want at all times. Now, playing a team like Florida State, it's going to be difficult. Once you get in the paint, you're going to have, it seems, probably like 20 people surrounding you. I know it's not the case, but they're going to have arms all over the place. It's going to be tough to finish consistently in that regard. What I noticed is that they got in the paint. They, they basically made up their, their mind that they're going to put the shot up, put the ball in the glass, and, and that's not a fault to them. I mean, they are the best the best creators on the court. Um, I did see a lot of standing around in the corners and that is, that's by design. We have good shooters out in the corners. Um, there could have been some more moving out there, um, being ready to shoot. Obviously our, our, you know, we made a very few three pointers, four threes. Um, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't our night, you know, shooting the ball from three, but once these guys got into the lane, I would have liked to see some, uh, maybe Demond seal off a guy, um, you know, going for some offensive rebounds a little more frequently, um, Really looking, looking to the wing, once you draw in two or three defenders, looking for the next pass out. And I'm not, I'm not asking these guys to jump stop and, you know, do the fundamentals. They're, they're much better than that, and they're much more skilled than having to, to dumb it down, for lack of a better term. But we could have been a little more efficient in terms of those guys finding the next best shot once we, once we got into the paint. Um, it's easier said than done, you know, watching, watching the game on TV. However, these guys are smart enough and good enough players. I've, I've seen it now. Uh, for a season and a couple games they can find that open shooter in the corner and Absolutely. those guys were kind of left alone
0: sorry to jump in Aaron I wanted to I'd kind of go off of that as well and kind of point out that there were a few opportunities where they did get those passes out but that defense was like right there to like stop them and like there was no shot that was going up because there was a defender right there so like you, there were definitely those opportunities but also like it's like once the pass got there they were quickly guarded so it's got to find an open shooter with space too
2: yeah and you make a good point I think one of the first possessions of the game um, I think Burden tried to throw it down to to DeMond down there and it got tipped and, and turned over Um it happened later in the first half as well and, and that's that's going to shy you know ball handlers away from from throwing those passes again um, so you make a really good point it, it wasn't easy by any means
1: for sure and how can you know How can combat this in the future. Um, You know, I know we're not going to play many teams like FSU, but, you know, if we do play any really long teams like this and we do run, you know, it's going to, this is going to kind of flow into my next point, actually. So we'll kind of save this uh, for, we'll get back to it in a minute or two here. Um, But I do want to touch on uh, the player rundown, which is going to be our next segment where we kind of go over uh, each player one by one and uh, go over our thoughts. Uh, so we'll start with Terrell Burden, uh, one of two owls to play 30 minutes or more, had an okay stat line of 13, 5, and 4, but wasn't very efficient. Three of 12 shooting, four turnovers. Uh, we need to keep in mind that Burden is coming off a lower body injury, and this was also a terrible matchup. Uh, even our co host Kai mentioned off air, you know, Burden didn't look quite to be himself, and it could be just a, comp- could be a combination of, uh, you know, him being a little bit rusty. Uh, he just got back into it a week or so ago, and also the matchup. Um, how do you guys think, uh, you know, burden looked health wise. Do you think he was moving? Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts, Aaron?
2: Honestly, I've, I think he, he looked healthy now again, he, he could be dealing with some things. I think it's also essentially the first game of the season for him, especially, um, you're, you're going to feel it out, whether he's, whether you're coming off an injury or not, there's going to be some, you know, you're going to jump back in you're not going to be exactly how you were to finish the season off in that tournament last year um he looked good to me he looked quick as ever um he 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 made some tough finishes no doubt about it he looked he looked as remarkable in terms of quickness and and agility to the rim as I saw him last year but again he he may be dealing with a few little things here and there in the lower body that are they're going to hold him back a bit
1: I agree and I didn't notice anything you know too off about him I just don't think it was a very good matchup and you know it might be a little bit rusty and not a not a great day shooting and whatnot Uh, what did you what do you think producer Nick? I'm not trying to play Mr.
0: Second Guess here, but uh, part of me even kind of wonders if like TB did look fully healthy, but again, we go to the matchup part and there were just bigger guys out there who were able to get their hands on those little uh, shots that he's able to take those hook shots underneath the hoop, diving in kind of thing. And it makes me wonder with him coming off the injury, would it have made more sense for him to just get more minutes against the lower teams to kind of get back in his groove and maybe get him less minutes against a team like FSU and try to put more size out on the court? I don't know. Um, but I think that we see TB start he, like he's in form. It's just I think it was purely matchup.
1: I think we, we're going eight deep right now. And, you know, I don't think we have a lot of options to play matchups. And I think you have to put out your best players. Um, I probably would not have played Burden as much as we did in the second half, Um, you know, just to play it safe. You know, I probably would have cut him off at about 25 minutes or so because, you know, the game was basically over at that point. But, um, you know, obviously, if they stayed in, he was feeling good and wasn't feeling any anything wrong with his foot or ankle or whatever was injured before. So, you know, I'm good with it. Um, It'll be I think this next week uh, will answer a lot of questions in that three uh, at three game tournament. So. Um, moving on to uh, Simeon Cottle, third in minutes with 28, showed some flashes and scored 18 points with three triples. We touched on that earlier. What do you guys think about Burden and Cottle together? Is this something that can be successful? Because personally, I think it can work. I just don't think it can work versus FSU for obvious reasons that we've already talked about. Um, like I just said, there's it's a no, it's a it's a catch 22. You know, you put in more size, you don't get that much creation. You know, you might be a little bit more stagnant. Um, who's going to take – somebody's got to take the shots, right? Um, but you might get a little bit more defense from somebody like Adam McCoy and some more size. Um, Aaron, do you think these guys can play together in a mid-major environment?
2: They absolutely can play together. Um, they, Those two, their playmaking ability and their quickness, albeit they are smaller than, than the guards, some of the guards we're going to play, and, and even in that conference – They, you got to take advantage of that. Those guys are extremely skilled. And the question would be to me is how can we get them efficiently working together where they can have a one, two punch with, even with the mon down there on the, on the block and and our, our sharpshooters on the wings. If we can find a good balance between, between Cottle and Burden, you know, handling the ball and playmaking and play with each other in a, in a two man game, even um i i trust those guys with the ball uh especially with with simeon Cottle hitting hitting the shots the way he's been shooting um and i know i know burdens right around the corner as well with that so i i absolutely know they can play together
0: i think the recipe for success is trying to get these guys moving around a little more uh, uh on the court and not stay. like i don't know i i could have just been seeing it i i can't read up uh on basketball formations nearly as well as aaron can so Maybe Aaron can talk a little more on that.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're right. We can't pass up the those the quickness from those guys. And and to Nick's point, you know, Damon, he was set I, I was trying to read on when he was slipping screens and when he was setting screens, um, like fully setting them to to get one of the guards open. Um and and it's my only concern was the, the guards, those guys can get by their guy pretty much 80% of the time on their own. It's just a matter of this. This is a long season. We have a, a long stretch coming up and back to back to back games. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there was something in the game plan where coach Petway had our big guys, you know, setting screens when, when we wanted switches and when we didn't want switches. Um, and I'm sure that was all executed. Well, it's just over the course of a season, we're going to need, like you said, some hard screens, get these guys open, maybe hit a mid range or two at the free throw line. They both have that shot. Um, that's something that we can look forward to seeing, hopefully, as the season goes along.
1: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, honestly, I think that Burden and Cottle can play just fine together. And we're not going to play, you know, big guards in the A-Sun or even in other out-of-conference games that are as talented and as deep as FSU. I think that our guards can exploit the mismatches with their quickness on other guards more than other guards could probably exploit us with their size. So if we can do more of the exploitation, that would force other teams to kind of react to us. And then they would have to put in maybe their smaller guards or somebody that can keep up and or double or whatnot. So the Owls were led by the newly slimmed down Demond Robinson, who tied his career high with 35 minutes officially and uh, notched his second consecutive double double going down 13 and 10. Uh, Robinson reached 35 when he was at, I believe it was Murray State, even before he was an owl. So he never played that much when he was at KSU. Uh, I think he had 34, perhaps in a triple overtime game or something versus Eastern Kentucky or something like that. But, uh, you know, he's going to play a lot more. And I think we just saw what's going to be the beginning of that. So that's exciting for Owls fans. Um, How do you guys think uh, he looked?
2: I do. I did notice he was playing 35 minutes at the time I didn't quite catch it, but um towards the end of the second half, you could see it, it was adding up on him. And and you know, he was battling down there for <laughs> 35 minutes of the game. It's not tough playing these guys. Um, you could see it, you could see it kind of wearing on him a bit towards the end, at least from what I saw. Now, I love I love I how he battles. I mean, he's not gonna let any rebound go, you know, without him getting a hand on it. Um, one thing I would love to see from him a little bit more, and I know. This guy, he's, he's, you see him dribbling the ball up the court, up, up the floor. Um, you see him, you know, taking, taking threes, you know, maybe a little more contested than a wide open three. Um, I would love to see him demanding the ball on, on the block a little bit more. Um, he may not be, in, you know, the, the most dominant postman, you know, that's ever come out of the Atlantic Sun Conference, but he can hold his own, no doubt. And his field goal percentage speaks for itself. Over his left shoulder is, is as money as money gets. And I, I would love to see him demand the ball a little bit more down there. Now today, or excuse me, the, the Florida State game may have been a little bit different in terms of the game planning, but he can he can score and he can be, he can be pretty dominant down there over that left shoulder. I would love to see that a little more.
1: Yeah, and we definitely need to uh, call his number um, you know, isolate him one-on-one and let him go. Uh, you know, it can't all just be helter-skelter. We do have to, you know, run some actual plays and game plan a little bit. And we went to demands at times last year. We just, you know, went at the opponent and it worked. Um, so it depends on the matchup. You know, they have to either double or foul. And that's, you know, I'm sure what we're going to do again this year. I, I hope we don't get away from that.
0: I will say, though, on his his free throw attempts, six of six on the night, so that's an improvement for, uh, for Damon for sure.
1: I loved, I love to see it. And, you know, if he can hit anything close to that clip and get to the line and go back to with his back to the basket, he's going to be tough to stop. And, you know, like you said, 35 minutes versus a team like Florida state, that's probably a lot more strenuous than say 35 minutes versus a team like Oakwood or a team like Queens university. Um, but, uh, you know, going on to the next player is West Virginia transfer, Jamel King, uh, played uh, 26 minutes. Did not have success shooting like he did against Oakwood. Uh, King was one for seven. Uh, overall, 0 oh for four from beyond the arc. A final line of 4-4-1 four, four and one with two blocks. Um, you know, I think Jamel looks the part. Very athletic kid. Uh, I think he needs to adjust to the speed of the D1 game if you're not playing much at West Virginia. Uh, I think I saw him miss a wide open layup. Uh, I'm guessing because he saw ghosts and, you know, his shot wasn't falling from the outside, very unorthodox shot. So, you know, I'm not saying that it's, you know, people can hit that, you know, crazy shots. Look at Sean Marion, for example, but I just want to see how consistently, you know, he can hit, how much space he needs, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what you say, Ace?
2: Yeah, the, the unorthodox shot is definitely noticeable. Now, again, I'm not a, I'm not a shooting coach by any means. And, and I've it's a little unbalanced but whatever works for him if if they go in they go in i'm 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 happy to see him shooting the ball when he gets a little more consistent now what i did love from from king defensively just just watching even without having any idea about basketball defensively whatsoever he's he's in a stance he's long he's athletic he's he's playing defense the way the way that offensive players don't like he is, he's out there to play defense from what I've seen in the Florida state game. He looked great out there. And I think a lot of his minutes are going to be earned on the defensive side of the floor um, shooting as well. And if he can, if he can hit on both defensive and on his, on his threes uh, on a shooting game, that's going to be a win-win for us.
1: Yeah. I I think we're looking at a kid that can, you know, be eight to 10 points a game, you know, in conference um, just by, you know, being scrappy with his athleticism against other a sun schools, I think he can be successful and just kind of, you know, hit those if he can hit those open threes, get some rebounds, do some dirty work, finish inside with his athleticism against, you know, some teams. I, I think he can, you know, make it make his bones, uh, you know, as a as a junk man, so to speak. Um, moving on, we have uh, Frank Juan Sherman, who played only 16 minutes, had four fouls. Uh, 5.6 rebounds, including a very impressive dunk early in the first half that I, it opened my eyes. I was like, oh shit, where did that come from? Um, you know, I thought that was more impressive than RJ Johnson's dunk that made sports center to be honest with you guys. Uh, but, uh, you know, he played so little, I'm assuming due to the matchup, um, I'm guessing coach Petway, you know, saw Ronji Gordon was needed. We needed the rebounding to fight inside. So we didn't get to see too much of, uh, Frank Juan Sherman, uh, but again, he's still, you know, I see him as a building block for the next four years. Uh, going to you, Aaron. Yeah, his, that dunk
2: was impressive. It, I think it started us off and put us on the board, um, and then that was that was a, a great way to kind of get us off, get us on our feet. Um, he didn't play a ton, like you mentioned. I think a lot of it had to do with the foul trouble. Um, he he did have those four fouls, uh, but more so, he just I, nothing gave me confidence that next time he was going to be on the ball, he wasn't going to foul again. He just maybe a little too handsy or his feet weren't moving as quick. Um, He definitely can play. He's somebody that I I did love to watch. He had great awareness as a freshman, um, you know, going down to Florida State and and getting after it the way he did. I did love to see that. Um, Just defensively, that was definitely a step up from probably what he's seen Um, And that he just he was foul prone. And that fifth foul might have came in minute 17. Um, so I think, I think having him sit had to do with, had to do with that quite a bit.
1: Gotcha. Do you think that, you know, this is something he hasn't seen anybody as athletic as Florida state, I'm sure in his life. I mean, I'm sure he's seen a a kid here or there, you know, in high school and AAU that are at that level, but, you know, I doubt he's seen an entire team five at a time coming at him like that. You know, I guess this is just a learning experience for Frank Kwan and, uh, you know, coach Petway, coach Kirby, coach Watson are going to have some uh, learning points for him.
2: And you're jumping in as a freshman. I don't think enough is said that this is. I mean, you're playing Florida State in the ACC as a freshman. That's that in itself. Your your brain is going 100 miles an hour. So that that's a tough one to overcome. Let alone going out there and
1: playing. So just want to ask you, Aaron. You know, obviously you came to Kennesaw State. Well, obvious to me. But as a sophomore, after spending a year in JUCO, even as a sophomore, you know, once you got to KSU, you know, and you know, we played. I think Georgia Tech was your first high major game, right? Did you, yeah. I, I know this is probably a bad question since we whooped their ass, but did you notice anything when you played Georgia Tech? Like, wow, there's a there's a bit of a difference here. These guys are much bigger. Or I guess that's not something you were probably too focused on.
2: You definitely notice it. it it's something that you, when you're warming up on the other side of the court pregame, you're gonna peek down there and see these guys. You know breaking the backboard on some of these dunks and I mean back when we played they had you know Amon Shumpert who was a highlight reel every time he touched the ball but you notice 100 percent and I think that goes away slowly over the course of the year as as you know a young guy's confidence builds up a little bit more and more and and you notice that hey, I can play with these guys or you know the opposition is isn't quite as you know like impressive as you know what you would think
1: yeah. He, he needs to kind of, and this is all freshmen. They're going to just need to feel like they belong. It's going to take some time. Um, like we said, Frank Juan, you know, he's the future. He's part of the future. He's like what, six, seven. Uh, he's got a, a, a fairly nice physique. I don't know, you know, we're playing him, I think more at the four, whereas I think we play consider King more of a three, but you know, I think I don't know where Frank Juan's going to end up, but you know, he does have a nice frame. So I'm seeing, I'm interested in seeing where that goes. Um, but uh, going on to Quincy out of McCoya, uh, he played 17 minutes off the bench, scored two points, 0 for 4 from 3, and is now 1 for 10 for the year from downtown. Um, this is a slow shooting start for him. Um, is there any cause for concern? I say no, not yet. But with the way the offense is probably a little bit more helter-skelter so far, especially last night against Florida State, you know, it's the rhythm is not going to be the same as it was last year. Uh, you know, he's probably going to have to hit shots that might come with less, you know, less in sync. You know, he's going to be covered a little bit tighter, you know, without Chris Youngblood drawing some attention. Um, is there any concern for Adam McCoy, Aaron?
2: No, not not from me or I don't think any of the uh, fans should be concerned. Um, I will say this for for Quincy. It's something that he needs to probably for himself have a good game. Um, no, and as a shooter, your minutes are reliant on you making shots. And he's not only a pure shooter; he he can play defense. He's long. He, he can do a lot of good things. But when you're a shooter, you're you want to get a few good games under your belt and just really establish yourself with the new the the new team this year. Um, and that starts with just you know making those those catch and shoots, but uh, catch and shoot shots. But also, you know, when when these guys are, are burden and, and coddle are driving in the paint. You're ready, ready for every shot and building trust from those guys to pass you the ball. So the concern for me, nope, I don't think we should be concerned, but I know he's thinking about it and he's ready to have a good game for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm not concerned at all. You know, he, like I said, though, you know, it is a new offense. Everybody's probably thinking a little bit more than they were, you know, last year after playing in Amir Abdurrahim's offense. So, you know, we're going to let it slow down, you know, slow down a little bit. Um, Ironic, considering it is a fast paced offense, let him get used to it. And, uh, you know, let's revisit this in, you know, 14 days and see how he looks. Uh, But, you know, we're running eight deep right now. Um, So, you know, Quincy, I think whether he's hitting his shots or not, you know, he's going to he's going to have to be in there just to, you know, keep shooting his way out of it um moving on to uh RJ Johnson our uh, highly touted freshman came off the bench uh played 21 minutes shot 6 of 11 for 13 points uh hit a three ball uh no assists though um I'd like to you know see him get some people involved but again I know Florida State is a uh, you know is an outlier um very impressive though against his first D1 opponent he had a nice push shot he took it to the basket uh looked to you know played fearlessly um, I liked what I saw and I know Aaron, you saw a lot of good, but you also noticed some stuff as well. Um, what were your initial thoughts on RJ?
2: Man, he's a, he's a baller out there offensively. Uh, the game, and I say this is as, as much of a compliment as possible. He, he goes at his own speed and he knows where he's going to go on the court. Um, he's very comfortable with the ball in his hands and on that side of the court. Um, love to see him Had little spurts of, of kind of taken over, even if it's just one or two possessions at a time, offensively, he was a stud. Uh, I did notice, I rewatched the game a little bit and defensively, um, I, there was a few times and, you know, it's first game of the season, uh, you know, obviously maybe a little bit winded as well with, you know, the, the amount of possessions we had, but he, there was some times when he would, he would overhelp and maybe. And, and cause an extra rotation somewhere from down the line or under help and, and let a guy get to the lane where he should have possibly helped and bumped off. Um, a few possessions, you know, halfway through the second half or so that that were a little bit you, you can notice. And, and the good thing about it is they're coachable too. Um, you know, coach Petway and, and the guys are going to break that down. And, and I'm sure they're going to walk through it and, and show the opportunities to him again as a freshman. This is new to him. Uh, the speed of, of playing Florida State, Kennesaw State. It's a, it's a quick up and down game. But offensively, this guy, uh, he he carried his weight. Plus, some. I, I love to see uh, what he did out there.
1: Yeah. You, you stole the words I was thinking correctable and the coaches will absolutely work to correct it. And defense is very important because we're playing such a high speed right now. If we're not efficient offensively as well, that's, you know, more defensive possessions that we have to cover too. So, you know, we need to be, you know, we need to be on our game. Um, But yeah, RJ just impressed me all over. Obviously, you know, a few freshman mistakes, first game versus Oakwood in Florida state, but overall, like, he passed the eyeball test. Like, you know, if you're somebody that has no idea who this kid is and you watch the game, you don't know, is he a senior? Is he a junior freshman? Like, yeah, that kid looks pretty good. That kid has some talent. And he passed all those tests. So, you know, I'm seeing him as along with Frank one Sherman as that core building block in this class, Um, No offense to, you know, Jamel King or Ronji Gordon or anything like that, but these guys are true freshmen and will hope to be here for the next four years. Um, You know, Nick, what do you what did you think about RJ?
0: I mean, between the first two games, he's still it's just it's growing. It's the same things that we saw um, Terrell have to go through, but in a very different way. Terrell was having to focus on when to take the shots, when not to take the shots, um, because he would just run the rim and then throw it up rj has the size to kind of get in there consistently and get off a good shot it's just finding those opportunities to get the pass out and so i think that's what aaron was alluding to earlier in the podcast so uh, i think it's growing with time he will continue to become a better offensive player and then the defense will will naturally come with that just because of his size and athleticism like it, this guy's going to succeed it's just a matter of growth
1: yeah, this guy's going to draw some fouls too. If he wants to put his head down and get to the basket, you know, he he might get denied a few times, but he's probably going to draw some fouls and he's probably going to get a, a decent shot off at the rim just by the guy's like, what, 6'3", 240 or something like that. I mean, Markeith Cummings, former owl, was a freaking tank and he was like 6'6", 240. So, um, you know, just imagine there. But yeah, when you're, I ma- imagine when you're built like that, Playing 21 minutes might be <laughs> quite a quite a bit. Um, so you know, but overall, great job from RJ. Um, last but not least, want to touch on uh, big man Ranji Gordon, 24 minutes off the bench, scored two points, had six rebounds, uh, four turnovers though. Uh, really liked Ranji's energy. I feel he was that uh Alex Peterson type uh piece off the bench. Um, you know, perhaps a little bit bigger than Peterson. Um, I felt he lost focus. There are a few inbounds passes, I think in the second half where he just kind of threw it in. One went out of bounds. One was stolen. I think he was just getting frustrated and just like, you know what? This game's over. Let me just get the ball in and it gets stolen. You know, need to just kind of, that's something that's teachable, you know, just get your head in the game, keep it in the game, keep, keep your agenda, look straight ahead and go forward. Um, he also airballed a few threes and you know again with fsu you got to get your shot off quick you know you're you'll be seeing ghosts out there um you don't have much time to make these decisions uh, i've seen Ranji shoot threes in the in the ksu uh flight night three-point shooting contest at owl madness or whatever you call it so i know he can make that shot when he has time um but you know tonight he didn't or a couple nights ago he did not have that time to regularly shoot it so they did a good job there but you know, for Ranji to succeed, he's gonna need to uh, either hit that three point shot, you know, pass it up, or take a step in and hit that eighteen footer. Um, do what he needs to do. Uh, what did you think of uh, Ranji, Aaron? I thought
2: he, if if his job was to to hustle and and compete and fight, he he excelled. I think I actually texted you during the game and, and applauding his effort. And you mentioned he had a handful of rebounds. Um, he was all over the place. He was he was diving on the floor for loose balls. I was really impressed with his kind of the dirty work he was doing Um, in terms of the inbound passes and things like that later in the second half. um, That as a as a whole team was a little disappointed in how we kind of handled the pressure late in the second half. Um, But he's 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 got some opportunity, but the bones are there with the hustle and the heart. You can't teach that stuff. And that's something that I was happy to see. Um, That's something that you you want to see from any guy that steps on the court, especially in a game like that.
1: Absolutely. I saw him on the floor at least two times, probably much more than that. So I have, you know, I have, absolutely. I'm not, you know, I'm just pointing out everything that I saw. So don't think that, you know, I'm crapping on Ranji's performance with like, oh, you know, he airballed some threes or turnovers. It's fine. It's Florida State. It's the first game. It's my job just to kind of bring up and, you know, what he can do to get better, that sort of thing. But yes, the energy, the passion, you can't teach that. And I love that. And Ranji Gordon, you have that, so that's 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 great. Some topics, some floating. Is this co- loss any cause for concern? My answer: absolutely no, hell no. In any way you can put that, this loss is what it is. Um, it's just uh, something that we, you know, we wanted to bring up here for all of you chicken littles out there who get concerned. Don't be concerned at all yet. Um, what do you think, Aaron? I mean, is there any cause at all for concern?
2: No cause for concern, uh, none whatsoever. There, these guys can play. Coach Pettway can coach. Um, they they have opportunities throughout the course of the season, especially even in the next few games, of non conference, to to really play some some good games and, and get this bad taste out of our mouth. Now, I will say there were some opportunities for sure. Um, the lackadaisical you know effort on the inbounds. I think that was one thing that stuck out to me. Um, it wasn't just the second half, and I know we mentioned a few different uh, times. But really throughout the game, we struggled getting the ball in, and it wasn't like they were playing this extremely difficult full-court press. They had some pressure, uh, but pretty much every time we inbounded the ball and there was any pressure, we had difficulty bringing it in. I think that's something that Coach Petway is going to emphasize, um, and we can't just rely on, you know, coddle and burden to, to, to take, take the ball to court, you know, without any concern the entire game. But overall, absolutely not, no concern. We uh we have some opportunities coming up the rest of the, the, the rest of the season.
1: Nick, can we get a clean sweep? Any cause for concern whatsoever at all in the slightest?
0: No. And it's the same way that Oakwood's win wasn't some reassurance that we were gonna return to last year's form. The FSU loss is we're getting started, we're getting going. And you know what? We're we're figuring out what that level of play is gonna have to be if we want to get to the next level this year, if we want to get back to the tournament. So If anything, it might serve as that nice little wake up call like, hey, you might know what you're doing down against the lower opponents. But remember, we got to we got to keep our heads on straight. We're going to have a lot of games ahead of us this season.
1: Yeah. And even Amir's teams did not do well, you know, early season. It took quite a a bit of time for them to get their stride, you know, even halfway through, at least halfway through the non-conference just to, you know, be, you know, decent. Um, So. I just wanted to talk about this year's roster and construction. Uh, we mentioned a lot earlier about, you know, with our size, Simeon Cottle Burden playing together versus the mid majors. How does this team's roster and size translate against, you know, mid majors? And we're going to find out next week in the tournament uh, against East Carolina, Northeastern, and Georgia Southern, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes but I just want to talk about how this translates. We're playing eight deep, um, you know, the three off the bench, five starters, or without Delaney Hurd, who is a walk-on that Coach Petway brought over from Alabama, about 6'3 guard, uh, hasn't played yet. He was on a scooter on um, Owl's Madness. I think he's off the scooter now, so not sure what his status is and when he's going to be back. And same with freshman guard Marcus Whitlock, who I actually pegged as a possible starter, um, you know, way back uh In our first ever podcast in like July or whenever that was. So we are missing a couple pieces, and we don't really have, you know, if somebody's struggling, we don't have too many options to kind of turn to on the bench. So I think it's going to be, you know, an eight or nine, perhaps if you just throw maybe Cole LaRue in there, depending on the matchup. Um, You don't want Cole LaRue probably versus FSU. I don't think he's quite big enough or quite athletic enough to have a lot of success there, but I think he could play versus mid majors. Um, You know, I think we have enough to, to win some of those games, but I don't know if we have enough to really be, you know, picky about the matchups. Um, also Jason Holt, who is, you know, I expect a lot of him. He's a six, seven guard transfer from Georgia and Alabama. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a top tier player whenever he gets on the court. He hasn't been granted a waiver yet, uh, coming off an injury where he got his face smashed in. So if he plays this year, that's a bonus. I'm not expecting it, but for next year, just getting him even a year older is going to be exciting. But what do you What do you think about transferring this roster to success at the mid-major level, Aaron?
2: It's again, you mentioned the eight or nine. Our our eight or our eight or nine are are solid, great players. Um, we're not, you know, struggling in the in the talent field. Um, and I, I think that's a good number in regardless, because you want these guys to get out there and feel the rhythm of the game and have have the opportunity to impact the game. And that doesn't come in spurts of two or three or even five minutes. A lot of these guys are they're gonna take some time to, to get in the game and make an impact. Um, I love I love the rotation. Um, and especially the guys that we have on the team. Every time a guy came on the floor, I was I was confident that they'd be able to hold their own out there. I, that won't change the rest of the season. These guys can play and it goes back full circle to how we started the, uh, the podcast today. This recruiting class is a great recruiting class themselves in their own right, um, and and the players that stuck around are are nothing to, to to sniff at. They're great players. So the guys we have are great, and and other teams are going to figure out how to match up with us and the quickness, like you mentioned earlier. We have a we have a great squad.
1: Yeah, and uh, before before you jump in, Nick, I just want to mention that you know the high majors. We're having to match up to them. We don't have that depth, but when it comes to the mid majors, just to be clear, you know this eight or nine man rotation, assuming they stay healthy and you know out of foul trouble, I think is going to be just fine. Um, what, do you agree, Nick? About
0: keeping the pace—that's what Petway's been preaching so far—is is finding that that rhythm in speed up and down the court. Um, and I think once that starts to, to take place, I don't know. Uh, what that's going to look like early on in games. But hopefully with our conditioning, that is, translates to more second half success. So, I mean, that, that'll be something interesting to watch for, the splits between the halves going forward. But I think that our roster as currently constructed translates better in the second half uh, than in the first half. That's not to say they'll be bad in the first half. I just think that if they are practicing the way that and uh, that, that Coach Pets is talking about them playing throughout the season – Second half should be stronger than most teams.
1: Do you, Aaron? Do you think that you know playing as fast as we want to play? Do you think having that eight-man rotation is more beneficial, or do you think it might be more beneficial to you know get have like a ten-man rotation to where we can do perhaps you know complete line changes? You know, one player plays you know thirty, the other plays ten, and so forth, or plays twenty-five and fifteen.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And, and immediately when you ask that, I think of two people: one a TB. Uh, I, I don't have any concern with him. He, he is a, a maniac out there and he's never showed me signs of slowing down. I, I've, I know he'll be able to keep up. Um, the other one is Demon Robinson. He, he's somebody who's going to have to change his game a little bit and, and not in terms of you know, battling down low. But like you mentioned, he's going to be a guy who's going to be running up and the running up and down the floor a lot more than he has in the past, just with the, the sheer number of possessions that that we're getting offensively and defensively. He's somebody who's going to have to we're going to have to manage his minutes here or there. That may be when a Cole de comes in for one or two minutes before media timeout and give him an extended break. But other than that, we'll kind of see how the season plays out and let these guys go.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if we're going to see more Ronji Gordon playing the center position against mid-major teams. I mean, Cole LaRue absolutely could step in there and be that guy, like you said, Aaron, but is is Ronji Gordon going to just move, you know, seamlessly move in for Demond Robinson as well to kind of spell him for those 10 minutes and also get some time at the four? I guess, you know, I think he's the more natural backup center perhaps than Cole LaRue. Um, What do you think?
2: yeah and, and especially for for kind of what we just talked through with with Ranji's skill set and, and his effort, he he's gonna find his opportunity to be on the floor with his hustle and his heart. Um, now wherever that's at, the four, the five, he'll find some he'll find opportunities for his minutes now for for damon, like he's gonna he's gonna play and he's gonna have a major role. So when he needs a, a few minute breaks, like I, I can't imagine him playing 35 minutes a game all season long. I just don't think that's sustainable. Um, He will need a few minutes here and there just to maximize what he does best and just his, his power and his strength down low. Uh, But yeah, Ronji Gordon can come in and not necessarily undersized, but even coming from me, I was a six, seven, 215 pound big man. And, and I was able to, to get things done relatively well. He can do everything I've done plus more.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we're playing FSU. We played FSU, what, two, day, two three days ago. And, you know, we play uh, Keyser, Kaiser, however you want to say it on Wednesday. So that, you know, shouldn't be too difficult of a game. So, you know, that was the first game of the season. We really have a, a long break between now and the tournament. So playing DeMond, you know, 35 minutes, he'll be able to get his rest, hopefully, and, you know, get back to it. Now, I'm interested to see... You know, this is a good segue here. The minutes that the team breaks down versus East Carolina, Northeastern, and Georgia Southern, you know, we have a three game tournament coming up. Do we, I think we have to go deeper than, you know, eight men. Uh, but I just want to preview this tournament real quick before we discuss it. Uh, we'll, it'll be a three team round robin at East Carolina. Um, we'll be playing for in game one, Georgia Southern, game two, Northeastern, and game three, East Carolina, who again is hosting. Northeastern is one and one, beating Boston University, 67-58, and losing to LaSalle, 74-79. Uh, Georgia Southern lost an exhibition to D2 Augusta, then lost by double digits, I think like 20-plus to Georgia Tech and 10 points to Eastern Michigan. Uh, East Carolina is 2-0, and o, beating non-D1 Ferrum, and they also beat Campbell by 14 Early season Ken Palm rankings, East Carolina, 130, Northeastern, 221, KSU, 238, Georgia Southern, 290. Uh, If those rankings are accurate, we have the advantage of, if those rankings are accurate, then we do have a distinct advantage here. Our first game in the tournament is against the worst team, Georgia Southern. Our second game is versus the second or the middle team, Northeastern. And our final game is versus East Carolina. So, you know, I would would honestly, you know, personally play this tournament, go all in against Georgia Southern, of course, in the first game. Do what you have to do to, you know, get that low-hanging fruit, so to speak. Get that win that we should win. Um, if we have to play DeMond 35 minutes, okay, do what you got to do. Uh, go to Northeastern, you know, also battle. And then, you know what? If if we're tired and worn out by the third game against East Carolina, well, guess what? It's a home game anyway in that tournament, and they're the, and they're the best team. If we're going into that third game 2 0, I don't care if we get our asses kicked. You know, playing that eight man rotation, it's probably going to, I'm guessing it's going to be more nine or 10. Uh, but what are your initial thoughts on the tournament, Aaron?
2: it's going to be a good opportunity for us to see what we're, what we're made of um, going against some other mid majors, a good measuring stick. So to say Um, it's, you know, just like Nick said earlier, the, the first game of the season, you're not going to take much away from that Florida state. There's a lot of positives, but you're still not going to take a ton away from it. Now playing three games back to back to back, that's something that's going to be difficult for us, but every team's doing the same thing. I think what we'll see is, we're not going to see the, the ball dominated by Simeon Cottle and, and burden as much as we did uh, the Florida state game. We're going to see it just naturally. We're going to have to see our, our other guards and some of our forwards take more of the load, um, which I'm excited to see because we didn't have a huge opportunity to see that the Florida state game. So just in terms of, of maintaining the conditioning level and, and understanding we're playing three games in three days, other guys are going to have to get involved, and that may not mean playing a bigger rotation or deeper rotation, but the minutes these guys are going to be logging are going to be less stressful, and they're not going to be you know, dribbling the ball a 1,000 times a game.
1: Now, do you think that we need to go deeper into the bench, or would you kind of keep that? You know, my again, my strategy, as I mentioned, would be keep that tight rotation for the first two games and then widen it out for perhaps for East Carolina on the last game. You know, go, you know, go balls to the wall to take these first two and then hope to get the last one. Do we do you kind of think that's a good plan? Do you think that's a bad mindset? What's your take on, you know, going in with the rotations, though, more specifically?
2: I hate to be, you know, speaking coach speak, but it's going to be it's going to be about matchups. It's going to be about how the guys are feeling. Um, You know, not only are they playing back to back to back games, but that's three walkthroughs, three scouting reports, um, three days of film shoot arounds. Um, And and there's going to be opportunities for these guys to get their, their playing time. So it's not going to be to answer your question more more straightforward, it's not going to be an eight, eight or nine rotation, all three games. There's going to be opportunity for these guys to, to prove themselves and, and make their mark. Um, it's just a matter of when and, and how many minutes. And if just kind of like what we talked about with Quincy, Adam McCoy earlier, they're going to get opportunities to shoot and they'll their playing time and their, you know, a, availability on the court will be determined by how they play in those, you know, three or four minute bursts.
1: Yeah, and I think Cole LaRue and Armani Harris are a couple guys that I think might sneak some more minutes. Um, Armani even stuck some minutes uh, last year for Amir Abdur-Rahim and Cole LaRue as well. So, you know, we want to keep our big men fresh. Um, but I'm really loving, like you said, Aaron, it's a measuring stick, and I'm really loving that we get a chance to do this. Can't take too much from Oakwood, like you said, can't take too much from FSU. But we can take a lot from, I think, you know, at least the first two games, the third game, you know, I guess it just depends on which team is in the right mindset, which team is the freshest, you know, that could go anyway. But, you know, I'm going to use these first two games as more of a measuring stick. Um, Nick, what are your takes?
0: Um, I definitely think Coleroo, I think we're going to see a lot more of him. Um, But I like the way that we project in the tournament, I didn't necessarily uh, realize how that was all shaking out based on the rankings and who we were playing. So that's uh, fortunate. But again, Aaron makes a good point in that everyone's playing those tournament minutes. So um, it's going to be who can who can outlast one another longer, really, as they come down the stretch. Um, I'm excited. I, I think we are going to get more players involved. I don't think it will nearly be to the same extent that we saw against uh, uh, Oakwood in the first game. I don't think it's going to be as uh, few as we saw in FSU. Um, I think that you're going to probably get some more uh, minutes out of uh, out of Frank Juan, assuming that the foul trouble stays down in those games. But uh, Cole Larue and in, uh, in in the accompanying guys, I think you're going to see in the the high single
1: digits, uh, low teens, in a lot of
0: these games.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm hoping you know I'm, I want two and one. That's my goal. Uh, I guess my final question to you guys. Do you think two and one is the right goal to have them for the mindset for this tournament?
2: It's, it's not a wrong mindset. I think, um, going into it, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't say really there's a, there's a, a specific goal to have in mind. I think, you know, getting out there and playing again, these non-season, excuse me, non-conference games are still going to be measuring six towards our conference schedule. Um, you mentioned it earlier with the the, the teams of, of of our last coaching staff. We didn't start strong, and last season we sure ended strong. So it's yeah, we we want to win. We want to get some wins under our belt and let the let the guys get some the taste of winning. Um, I wouldn't be devastated if we go zero and three. It'd be it'd be eye opening, and we'd see what's going on. I wouldn't be over the moon as as much as I would be you know, pretty confident if we go 3-0. and It's just a matter of seeing how the guys play and getting some good film on on what we're doing well and what we have opportunities with. I think that's the mindset I would go into
0: it with. Aaron makes a really good point that a lot of these players, and it's about finding that chemistry and that gel. It's not those same three key guys that we have coming up the court anymore. It's not Stroud. It's not Burden. It's not Youngblood. Burden's still here, yes. DeMond's still here, yes but we need to find that groove coming into the uh, coming into our offensive sets and then find what's working for us and continue that success as we move later down the season. So I'm hoping that more than anything, we look more offensively fluid as these games go on, uh, rather than the win losses. But again, obviously would love to go in there and see a, a few W's against uh, Definitely against Georgia Southern. I mean, that's that's a team that we don't get to play too often, uh, despite being uh, in state with them.
1: Yeah, that's the game I want to win most, which is why I'm so fortunate. We're, we should be fortunate that it's first. And Georgia Southern seems to be the most vulnerable right now. So, yeah, I, I know Aaron has something to add.
2: This is the last point on this I would make, but just to piggyback, if, if, we, if we go out and we have 20 assists and we shoot, from three. I know these are, you know, exaggerated numbers. And then we find a way to, to lose at the, at the buzzer or something like that. I think coaching staff, fans, players, it's, that's going to be a, a, a better feeling than struggling and, and, you know, having seven assists again and, and getting a win. You know, we, if we can find a way to gel to Nick's point, these guys are still trying to play with each other. They're still trying to learn how to play for coach Petway and staff. So seeing seeing these assist numbers go up seeing the, the ball go in the hoop from from three these are some things that we're going to take away later in the season more so than a win against you know northeastern for example
1: yeah and you might say you know an ugly loss is better than or an ugly win is better than a pretty loss but you know in this situation you know maybe maybe not so much we obviously want to win but you know we want to do it the right way and get you know make sure the process is being adhered to as opposed to you know everybody's just playing hero ball and whatnot and just going outside the script Uh, but the good news is that we have a tune-up game and i hate to call it a tune-up game uh this november 15th this wednesday against uh, kaiser Kieser. it's kaiser john kaiser yeah that's what (laughs) i figured it's german um so we have a tune-up game against them um, I want to say it's going to be a walk in the park, but I do know that they almost upset Florida Gulf coast. I remember laughing at Florida Gulf coast five years ago, and I've said the story before they it came down to like the final few seconds they lost, but, uh, you know, Kaiser, uh, or Keiser again, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep saying that because it's a, it's, it's stick at this point. <laughs> um, is that game? How important is a game like that, Aaron, to kind of as a palate cleanser?
2: It's important. It's important. You, as a, as the coaching staff, I'm sure they're going to want to make, make it as, you know, as, as they're going to prepare for it as much as they would for Florida state or Georgia Southern or Mercer or Florida Gulf coast, wherever the case may be the preparation is not going to change as a player. Naturally, you're going to, like I mentioned earlier, you're going to see, look on the other side of the court and the warming ups and and seeing maybe a, you know, a, a skill level that isn't, you know, up to par with what we have on, On our bench, but you cannot go into the game thinking it's going to be a a certain way. You've got to execute what we're working on. There's plenty of opportunities from the Florida State game that we can fix as a team. This is that game, as you mentioned, a palate cleanser that we can do that. And and coaches are going to are going to be looking for this to be a palate cleanser, like you said. This is your opportunity here,
1: and that's I think the difference between what I can have as a fan and as opposed to a coach or a player. I can say, oh my God, we have a walk in the park against Kaiser. Well, compared to FSU, it is. But I'm a fan. You know, I'm not the I'm not the person that is responsible for that win or that loss. I'm not out on the court. I'm not coaching. You know, when I I'm just the guy looking at it on paper. So it's really up to the team. You know, if we, um, I guess the you've heard of uh, FAFO. Um, if you know what that means, uh, that is uh, what the Kaiser game could be. So you know, choose your own adventure.
0: <laughs> well, i i think this game is definitely you want to throw in quincy this is going to be a big game for him to get back on track uh after the rough two game start and i think if he can start to get uh some of those those shooting numbers back under control and and find a rhythm from beyond the arc then that would be really really positive going into the tournament for him and for the team
1: very good point so yeah quincy and perhaps Ranji as well you know just shooting the best and jamel you know, just seeing the ball go in, I think that could be perhaps, you know, assuming, making an assumption here that the Owls will have this game per- hopefully under control. I, I do want to see things like that happen. Just, you know, the ball go into the basket for some of the guys that need it. Now, if like Simeon Coddle has an off night, Terrell Burton has an off night, you know, we're not too worried. Um, we want to, you know, we want to see some of the guys that might need that confidence uh, hit those shots. Nick, Aaron, do you guys have anything else to add?
2: Nope. Looking forward to, for the next time we meet and we have some good stuff to talk
1: through. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be back sometime after the, uh, pirate classic. Uh, we're going to, we're going to be challenged here, uh, figuring out how to cover three games in one podcast. So that's going to be, uh, our own little adventure that the team and the coaches do not have to worry about. That's our problem. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. Have a great one.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU KSUOwlHowl and at Big owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com and be sure to join the online community of owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always... Go Owl!